0: Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. If you're living in poverty in a nation in Africa, When someone offers you a job in Europe, anything like that is incredibly hard to resist. So young African women will say yes to that opportunity, not realizing they're walking into horrific sexual slavery. The city was so very smelly and I was crying and say, God, please save me. We left by 12 in the night. We see Big Fiji by 6 in the evening. And you know, she arrived there and uh, I think it was just a day or two later when she was told what she really was gonna have to do. The first day I went to work, oh God, I was just like, I said, I'm going to work in prostitution. I say what? In prostitution? I don't have any choice. I just even if I die, they don't care. Just to save myself and bring money to them. It's because they are so very bad, eh? So, so very bad. They want me to come to safe house. My first impression when I saw her was a really innocent, sweet girl. She looked so young. She was looking down. She, she was hiding her face. She was visibly scared. They started praying for me, started asking me questions. How, like, how did I come to Europe? I made up my mind to stay in safe house. Wow. It's like God was knocking my heart. like, open your heart, let me enter. My heart was so very close, so I opened it, so that I, I give my life to him. But I feel so happy, like, it's amazing. If I look at before and now, it's a very big different. In a sense, she represents uh, all what we're doing and why we're doing it what the enemy did to destroy her now has been resurrected now she is the victor there's so many girls out there that aren't being rescued there are hundreds of thousands of more who need the same opportunity we are going to stop talking about it we're going to act commitment was to aim, but it's also to every other aim out there. There is nothing God cannot do. God can only change stories. No, I don't have any fear anymore. I'm so very free.
1: So if you would take a moment, reach out and grab uh, one of these out of the seat in front of you, um, These are our Kingdom Builder pledges for the upcoming year. We're going to be receiving an offering in a couple of weeks, and we'll be talking more about that in a couple couple of weeks. But I want to share with you our projects. Uh, One of them is Project Rescue. You'll notice that's right there in the middle. Um, It's one of our projects is to work with Project Rescue. They're building a safe home in Honduras, like the safe home that Amy was rescued through, like the safe home We just gave $3,000 out of our excess Kingdom Builders money last year. Uh, We had a little bit extra in, so we threw some money uh, uh, to a project that they were building a safe home in uh, the North Shore of Africa. Uh, Project Rescue rescues girls around the world. If you know anything about what's going on in Central America and what's going on in South America uh, and the Honduras refugee flood from Guatemala and Honduras, We want to build a safe house there to rescue girls there. That's one of our projects. Um, What is Kingdom Builders? So we have three buckets of giving at Harvest Ridge. One of those buckets is the bucket of tithe. Tithes and offerings. Your tithes go to pay for the bills. They go to pay for our pastors. They go to pay for the building you're in. They go for the light, you know, and the gas to give you heat. Uh, that we fund like guys there are so many kids back there oh my goodness do you know that we give about twenty thousand dollars a year out of our general fund to help fund our kids ministry did you know that that we that we budget so that they don't have to ask for money and we're not asking you for money that comes out of our general fund that's the bucket of tithes thank you for those of you that tithe so faithfully We greatly appreciate what we're able to do together. Then there's the bucket of missions. We talk about that once a year. That's boots on the ground missionary. It's not sexy. It's not fun, but it's got to be done. And we do it every year. We send, uh, right now, we've got about 37 missionaries that we support boots on the ground. Kingdom Builders is our get-to-fun money. It's fun. We get to Give money to projects that make an impact around the world. We only have really one of these projects benefit Harvest Ridge at all, and that's a pavilion, and that's already two thirds of the way paid for. We're gonna, yeah. So it's it's almost all paid for already, uh, and we're just gonna use that to help build a pavilion for our young adults and our kids and our youth, and all to and you know for picnics and stuff like that. We'll have a place for a pavilion. That's the only project that goes to this local church. Everything else goes to take care of the world. We're going to give about $20,000 week one to Convoy of Hope. Next week, we're going to talk about how Convoy of Hope feeds kids who have no food. I mean, think about that. They have no food. And we get to literally give money to feed kids who have no food. We get to literally rescue girls who would be Trapped in sexual slavery. We get to do this together in this fun So when I ask you for Kingdom Builders, I If you don't want to give don't I don't care, but if you want to have fun here you go It's a whole lot more fun than rounding up at the grocery store Right because we get to hear all year long about all the great things we got to do together by the way Just so you know my money's where my mouth is of that 3,000 we spent sent The board only approved a certain amount, I added a bunch extra. Me. You know why? Because this gets my heart. I want to be a part with you, right? So I do it together. You know one of the things we're going to ask you to do? Is in two weeks, uh, we're going to ask you to give a one day to change the world offering. What is that? What we ask you to do is we ask you to take one day of your wages to give in an offering. So figure out one day of your wages, are give it an offering, and we're going to give it all away. We get to give it away, hold on, you ready? That money will go to kids who have no food to eat. Think about it. Thanksgiving season, we're gonna sit down a big table, with lots of food, there are people that literally have no food. So I'm inviting you, this is our get to, this is our fun money, we do it because we get to, not because we have to, I'm n- there's no hard pressure, there's no hard sell, there's nothing. I'm inviting you, you wanna have fun? Let's have fun together, that's what this is about. So in two weeks, we're going to ask you to fill out a pledge here. One is your one-day offering, and then the other is what you give every month um, to, to give away Kingdom Builders, just to have some fun. Yeah, I, does everybody sort of understand the attitude here? you understand where it's coming from? Yeah. Tithes, yeah, I want you to tithe so we can pay the bills. That needs to be done. That's your responsibility. Uh, we have a need to give to missions around the world, but this is all fun. So if you hear a hard pressure sell on this, you're wrong. All right. Do you know what you hear when you hear this? Let me tell you what you hear. Right here. Look at that letter. Dear Harvest Ridge Church, my little brother, sister, and I saved up $12 worth of change for three kids to have clean water in Africa and for their mommies and daddies. I hope this money helps. Guys, this is fun. And by the way, this kid right here, this kid and their two Siblings will never be the same again, and God's going to take that $12 they gave, and I guarantee it's got $12 million worth of impact because it's from them, because my God sees stuff like this and is happy, and that's the attitude of kingdom builders right there. All right, y'all got your Bibles open with me this morning to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. We're going to work through most of the text of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, um, and um, I start with this. Why did the pumpkin lose the boxing match? Because he let his gourd down. Oh, come on, that's funny. And to all you mothers out there, what's the cutest season of the year? Autumn. All right, if you got to leave early, a kid gets sick and you got to jump out or something like that, I want to give you my sermon in a sentence. Y'all ready? My sermon in a sentence. You ready? Wrong thinking is harming your future. Wrong thinking is harming your future. Actually, Instead of saying this, could you put my where your is? And could you say it with me? Like wrong thing is harming my future? Could y'all, could y'all say this? Just to make sure you get it. You all right? Everybody's awake. Ready? One, two, three. Wrong thinking is harming my future. Wow. So this is my sermon. What I'm going to show you from the text is what I'm talking about. But in 19, or in 1892, it was 1892 in Hamburg, Germany. The city officials had heard about a disease called cholera. And the city officials had said, Oh, the science is dubious. We don't really believe it. And besides, it costs too much money to filter our drinking water. So we're not going to do anything to stop cholera, which is uh, waterborne. But apparently a guy took a bath in the, uh, what river? The Elbe River. Somebody took a bath upstream from Hamburg. And cholera got into the drinking water supply in Hamburg, Germany in 1892. And before it had ended, 10,000 people died in a cholera outbreak. 10,000 people died because the city council thought it was too expensive and that the science wasn't proven enough, even though the science was eight years old, and even though many, many communities in Germany had already filtered their water, they said, no, we're not going to. And 10,000 people paid with their lives because wrong thinking harms your future. You know, often we're unaware or willing to admit that our thinking is wrong, right? We are told stuff, but we don't believe it. So I was listening. So this, this is what confirmed preaching this message to you. I was going to go a different direction, get out of 1 Corinthians, but this, no, no. I was listening to Dave Ramsey's show. Anybody ever listen to Dave Ramsey's show? So I was listening to this dude, and he was talking about how he was up to his neck in debt. He couldn't pay his bills. He was stretched to the limit. They asked him, how much do you make? He said about $200,000 a year. <laughs> what kind of debt are you in they asked well you know i got thirty forty thousand dollars in credit card whatever it was and i've got two vehicles that i have loans on one of them is a truck and i think the loan balance is about sixty thousand dollars on a truck and by the way he went on to say the truck is a lemon it i bought it brand new but it's a lemon and it's never worked right and i'm waiting on a judgment blah blah it doesn't matter anyway Well, then they ask him, what's your other? And he said, well, I got another new car payment. Got a payment on a new car. And they're like, why? And he said, well, my wife needed reliable transportation, so I had to get her a new car. Now, hold on, hold on. Somebody's really smart on the Ramsey show, and you know what they said they said you just bought a brand new car And it wasn't reliable your brand new truck wasn't reliable you called it a lemon So you go and get in debt another fifty thousand dollars for a new car expecting it to be reliable Why don't you sell them, but bo- I know come on. I know what they're gonna say sell them both Buy a used car that's reliable that you can afford and pay cash for it and that will deal with literally like a month freeing up to your income. Are y'all following me? Do you know what I knew listening to that? I knew the guy wasn't going to do it. You know why? Because every statement had an excuse why he was different. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to listen. He had his mind make up. And he asked for the opinions of people who were going to tell him how to deal with it. And and are, by the way, successful at dealing with it. And he wasn't going to listen to them. I was talking to a person from church not long ago. And they were telling me about a family member that they have. And this family member that they have likes to gamble. And the person I was talking to was saying about their family member could you just this is the question they kept asking could you keep track of how much you take into the casino and how much you take out of the casino because I've I've been around gamblers for years and years and years and every gambler I've ever talked to you know what they always tell me about how much they won I've never heard about that day oh I walked in with 500 bucks and I left with nothing never heard that experience and they built all those casinos because they give you lots of money obviously So you know what this family member is, uh, this person is asking their family member to do. Just, listen, I'm not asking you to stop going. I'm just asking you to keep track of how much you take in and how much you take out. And you know what this person said to me? I know my family member won't do it. Do you know why? Because they don't want to know. It's happened numerous times, but the young person comes to my office. And they sit in my office and they're talking to me. My friends are telling me that ever since I started dating my new love that I'm different. They don't like me that they say my attitudes have changed and I'm only here cuz my parents says my attitude has changed and they want me to talk to you. So your friends say you've changed, your parents say you've changed. And then we get to talking, and they start talking about how their attitudes have changed and how they are not thinking and acting the same way and how they're making dumb decisions. And I look at them and I say to them, You have told me that the people who love you, your friends, tell you that this person's not good for you to date. Your parents are telling you this person's not good for you to date. You are even saying the words that this person's not good for you to date. And I'm telling you they're not good for you to date. And you know what I know? They're not breaking up. You know why they're not breaking up? Because they like the stupid. Sometimes even people do stupid with a good heart. My wife's a perfect example of that. All right, we'll we'll come back to this. But you know what? She knows I'm using her. Yeah, she knows. We talk. I got permission. All right. Anybody ever heard, just follow your heart? Anybody ever heard that one? Yeah, I just want to remind you what the Bible says about your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceitful. So it's going to, you know, you are a really, really good salesman. You should be, you should all be salesmen and ladies. You know why you should be sales ladies? Because you have talked yourself into every stupid decision you have ever made in your life. You are good at sales. You sell yourself on every dumb thing you do. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So even when you do things with the right heart, sometimes you can do stupid, right? We had just been married and it wasn't very long. My wife, God bless her heart, she was in the process of learning how to cook. Because we had just gotten married. I, I, sw- I, I begged her, don't let me cook. That, that, I will poison us to death. Please don't do that. So one day we were in a hurry and she thought, you know, I make baked potatoes. In the microwave so I bet you I could make mashed potatoes in the microwave so she took the potatoes put them in the microwave to cook them and then she took the potatoes out of the microwave you know cut them up and put them into a bowl and mixed them up to make mashed potatoes there's only one problem have you ever tried to eat mashed potatoes made in a microwave you shouldn't paste paste is being generous and benevolent I finally, we're both laughing about it. I reached down and I did this. Don't tell anybody. I took the potatoes off my plate and I threw it against the wall and it stuck (laughs) in a glob. It was the, she's never done that again. Now, she did it for the right reasons. Everything was the right reason. But was that a good decision to make mashed potatoes out of a microwave? No, it was not. All right. Why do I say these things? Because here's why. Wrong thinking is harming your future. Wrong thinking, the things you sell yourself is harming your future. So what I want to do is I want to look today at somebody. We think the Apostle Paul, I know people think the Apostle Paul is like an errant. He can make no wrong. You know, he's infallible. He he makes no mistakes. Uh, I'm going to disagree and I'm going to show you from the scripture today how Paul's wrong thinking got him in a lot of trouble. And by the way, it costs other people too. Y'all ready? Yep. All right, would you stand to your feet in honor of God's word? 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 16. We'll come back later to the beginning of the chapter, but I think it's good for us to see this, and then we'll go to 2 Corinthians. We'll wind back at the end. All right. First Corinthians. This is our letter we've been reading from, and I hope you guys have read 1 Corinthians in the last couple of months. Hopefully. Hadn't it been sort of fun to walk through a book like this? Maybe we'll do it again. I guarantee we'll do it again. Here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast. All right. Stop. Notice what Paul is concerned with right there. His ability to do what? Boast. We're going to see that word a lot. You know what boasting is? When you talk about how awesome you are, when you feel awesome. And he said, when I preach the gospel, I can't be awesome. Because I'm compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach it voluntarily, I have a reward. Rewards, we'll come back to that. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Well, just this. That in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge. And not make full use of my... Oh, and there's a keyword there. Look up and read it on the screen. It's in yellow. What does it say? Right. You're going to see this word a lot in a couple of minutes. But I want you to know the translation. I do not like the translation because the word here is exousia in the Greek. And exousia, all throughout Greek antiquity, all throughout other places in the Bible, exousia is the word used for authority. It's not a right. It's an authority that you have. And you have the right to do something because you have the authority to do something like Y'all all right So when I'm driving down the road on 480 and the speed limit's 60 and I'm doing 80 I may have the freedom to do it, but that cop has an right to pull me over His right is because he has Authority are y'all following me so exudes has authority which gives him the right to do that all right So when we read rights, I want you to keep in mind we're talking about authority. All right, so he says, And so not make full use of my authority as a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many people as possible. And now we're going to get into Paul being Paul. I love it. Y'all ready? Here we go. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become weak to win the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Remember, he talked about his blessings early. He talked about the rewards early. All right. Jesus, I pray that today you would speak to us. Pray our hearts would be open. We would hear what you have to say. We would learn this lesson, and we would listen to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen and amen. Stop, 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 stop. Before you get seated, you're going to turn to somebody. You're going to give them a high five, and you're going to tell them, you're too smart to keep thinking dumb. You're too smart to keep thinking dumb. Hey, online, you're too smart to keep thinking dumb. All right, we're going to look at Paul's motivation now. Paul's motivation... Now I believe Paul's motives are actually very good. I believe he has a good heart, I believe he has great motivation. So I'm not questioning his motivation here. We're gonna look at three motivations he has. He shares three motivations that propelled him. The first one is he wants a reward. You saw that in the text. He wants a reward. He is claiming that he has to preach, but his pride demands that he get something out of it. And he wants to boast that he's doing so of his free will, so in doing so, He's actually stepping on truth, and we'll find that later. But I want you to see, though, that he wants a reward. He wants a reward. By the way, parents, listen to me real quick. The best way to disciple or discipline a child is by what you reward, not by what you punish. The best way... To train anybody is what you reward, not by what you punish. And if you reward the right way, people will move their behaviors. What you reward gets replicated. Are y'all following me? For example, our kids, they were addicted to the binky. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? We had one that was super duper duper addicted to the binky. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you say amen if you've been there? All right. And they're addicted, and I'm like... Me and Robin were having a talk. We can't let this kid walk around at 16 with a binky in their mouth So at some point they got to stop right? So what we decided we would do is this we would offer a reward now. We were cheap, and it was the 90s Don't judge me. We were cheap, and it was the 90s So what we said is if you the day you throw away the binky The day you throw away the binky we're going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese And we don't go to Chuck E. Cheese because those tokens are expensive And I don't buy tokens because I'm cheap and we didn't have any money. But if you throw away the binky, we'll buy you tokens. We'll get you pizza and tokens and it's party at Chuck E. Cheese the day you throw the binky away. I can still see the picture in my mind of the one child taking the binky and throw it in the garbage can and saying, Bye-bye, binky. (laughs) <laughs> and we took the binky out. We wrapped it up, threw it out. It was garbage day. We threw it in the garbage can. You know, the, the wheelie bin, if you watch Bluey. Thanks, grandbaby. Anyway, threw it in the wheelie bin, and the truck came. And I remember us waving when the garbage truck came and took it away. Bye, bye binky and tears. But you know what we did that night? We went Chuck E. Cheese. And later on, when there was... I want a binky. You can't have a binky because we threw it away and you got Chuck E. Cheese. Hold on. That's some good parenting right there. You draw a line in the stand and stick with it. Now, I didn't do everything right, but that day was a good day. (laughs) Because you know what you do? You reward the behavior you want. All right, second of all, he cared for the people. His actions were to identify with people. He said to those... Those who were slaves, he he's not a slave, but he treated himself like a slave, even though he's free. He submitted to the law like Jews, even though he's free from the law. He, he uh, acts like a, he's free from the ball, law to the Greeks, even though he submitted to God's law. He makes himself weak, even though he has the strength of God. He becomes all things to all men that he might save some, because he really, really cared for people. He wanted a reward, which is good. He cared for people, which is good. And the third is, he wants to share in the blessings of Christ. And I would say that's good because God has rewards for us. Listen, if you live this life sacrificing for Jesus and there's no heaven, I think you're dumb. Are y'all following me? So he wants to share in the blessings of Christ both now and in the future. And I do too, you know. So the gospel is good news. He's been freed from the curse of law. He wants everybody to get the blessings he lives in and to have the future he's got. So there's nothing wrong with his motivations. Well, these, but he has one more. His motivation is that he wants to boast. And we're going to find this word everywhere. So what he's saying is, is he said, I want to do the right thing, but I want to boast. And I can't boast if I'm doing the right thing the way I'm supposed to. I got to do it my way if I'm going to boast. So what it's like, I'll show you what this is like, is Paul is ahead in the game and then he messes up sort of like this this was a girl who was a downhill snowboarder she has no tricks in this this is the first one down the hill the fastest this is the Olympics this is three Olympics ago this girl you can tell where she is she's the American she's in the lead and then watch what happens when she tries to perform a trick because she's so far ahead watch this Jacob Bell is closest to the camera in the white pinstripes And she's looking for an inside line, and she's got it. And she's going to come out of this turn in the lead. And whoops, there's a faller. Maltese and Frieden, and Maltese is gone. She's off the course. So now she's all by herself. So just two jumps to and Jacob Ellis is down! Jacob Ellis has fallen, looked like a moment of indecision there and Tanya Frigen from Switzerland has passed her and is going to get the gold medal! What a heartbreak for Jacob Ellis, what was she thinking in what the was she thinking two jumps to go? Look! As she'd gone over the penultimate jump, Jacob Ellis had attempted a method grab, a simple move where the rider grabs the heel side of the board during a rotation. What was going on? She didn't have to, but she decided she wanted to show off. What happened? She lost it because, did you hear what the guy said? What was she thinking? Because, y'all ready for this? Your wrong thinking is harming your future. Wrong thinking is harming your future. Her wrong thinking that she wanted to boast that she was so comfortable in her lead cost her a gold medal. By the way, she never won one. Best downhill skier on a snowboard in the world. Three different times, she lost. And that was her clear gold medal. She never got it. Second thing is Paul's mistake. What is Paul's mistake? Well, Paul, all right, so I'm going to read you some stuff from Scripture. We're going to read a couple of large portions. What we're going to see from these couple of large passages, long passages, is that Paul always struggled with the Corinthian church giving him the respect he deserved. They always struggled with the Corinthian church giving him respect because he was an apostle, yet they questioned his apostleship. So he didn't get the respect he deserved. And we're going to find out from this passage that it cost not only Paul the respect he deserved, but it also cost the Corinthian church because they were led astray by false apostles because they weren't clinging to their true apostle. So let's look at it. Second Corinthians eleven two. 2. Paul says I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning So your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ for if someone not me for if someone somebody Notice they weren't paying attention to Paul. So who are they open to? someone else for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preach, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you receive, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with them easily enough. Go to the next slide, because this is the... And then he says, I don't think I'm in the least inferior to those super apostles. You see what's going on here, is they were... Because Paul didn't demand... We'll come around to this. I'll show you how because Paul didn't demand through his exousia, his authority, that they treat him like an apostle. They rejected his apostleship and they were open to every other nice, fancy, sounding speaker that came along. These other super apostles. He said, I may indeed be untrained as a speaker, but I do have knowledge. We have made this perfectly clear to you in every way. And then he says this, all right? Because he's recognizing what part of the problem is. Can you put up the next slide? I want everybody to see this. Was it a sin? So Paul is literally asking a question: if his behavior was a sin, and I'm going to prove to you in just a second, it was. Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? Because so what Paul's going to talk about is the fact that he never took money from the Corinthian church, even though he preached to them. And he says, I, notice the word, I robbed. He was a thief to other churches by receiving support from them so the Corinthians wouldn't have to give anything. Now listen. The church he's taking the money from. Go to the next slide, please. Uh, uh, the next slide is when I was with you and it needed something. I was not a burden to anyone, but the brothers who came from Macedonia. This is the Philipp- Philippian church. The brothers from Macedonia. What do we know from Second Corinthians chapter eight and nine? What do we know from Philippians, uh, the book of Philippians? We know that the Macedonian church was a church that the people were in poverty. Where was Paul getting his support? Paul was living, if you will, in Avon or North Ridgeville or Bay Village or someplace like the Westlake Bay Village where there's half-million-dollar vinyl-sided houses everywhere, $750,000 vinyl-sided houses everywhere. And he's taking money from the people in downtown Cleveland who are living off their Social Security checks and not asking the people in the vinyl-sided $750,000 houses to pay their bills. That's why he said, was it a sin? My answer is going to be yes, and I'm going to prove it to you from his own words. Yes, it was a sin. Because he wasn't mandating that the rich act rich while he was stealing from the poor. Now, Paul, by the way, Paul wasn't doing this for wrong reasons. Paul was saying, I know you're rich, and I don't want you to think I'm out for your money, so I'm not going to demand that you do it. And so instead, I'm going to work as a tent maker, and I'm going to work, but I got all this ministry to do, but I got this job I'm doing as a tent maker, and then I'm going to, if I lack anything, well, the Macedonians will take care of it. Are y'all following me here? I, I want you to see this because he asked, was it a sin? He said, I've kept myself from being a burden to you in any way, and I will continue to do so. <laughs> and as, oh, let me see. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, nobody in the regions of Achaia, nobody at Corinth is ever going to stop this. What? Boasting of mine. He said, I'm too proud to take, ask you now to do what you should have done. So let's go back and let's read the actual passage from 1 Corinthians. Before we get there, though, the question here seems to be that Paul, because Paul didn't want to receive support from the Corinthian church because he didn't want to make them think he was trying to get anything from them, he instead was robbing the poor Macedonian church, and then the Corinthian church never fully respected him as an apostle because he didn't demand that they obey what God clearly says in the Scriptures. So let's look at what God clearly says. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1. How am I not free? How am I not an apostle? Have I not seen our Jesus our Lord? So he's defending his apostleship. Are you not the result of my work in the Lord, even though I may not be an apostle to others? Surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense of those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the authority, not right, don't we have the authority to food and drink from you? Don't we have the authority to take along a believing wife like the other apostles and the Lord's brothers in Cephas? Or is it only Paul and Barnabas who lack the authority to not work for a living? Well, work outside the gospel for the living. Hmm. Then he says, who serves? So he's, what he's going to do next, he's going to give us all these examples Of why those who make their living or who preach the gospel should make their living from the gospel y'all ready for this here we go Um, who serves as a soldier at his own expense do you think it's appropriate for the people who go off to war say we send somebody to Iran or Iraq or something or Afghanistan is it appropriate for us to tell them you got to work up and save so you can go represent the United States in this that's not appropriate our taxes should take care of them and their PTSD when they come home. Are y'all following me? Okay. So who serves a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard, doesn't eat its grapes? A stupid person, that's who. Come on, if I plant a vineyard, I want to eat some of the grapes, right? Who tends a flock and doesn't drink the milk? Could you imagine a Dairy farmer. <laughs> dairy farmer. Hey, do you drink any of your own milk? No, no, no. Wouldn't do that for anything. I get my milk from Bob down the street. <laughs> <Stupid>. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Um, surely. All right, all right. So here we go. One more thing. Uh, where are we at? Um, do I say this on merely human authority? So am I just making human reasonings? No. Doesn't the? What's he appealing to now? The law of God. Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it's written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Surely he says this for us, doesn't he? Yes, this was written for us because whoever plows and whoever threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. For if we have sown spiritual seed among you, is it too much if we reap a material harvest from you? If others have this authority... Of support from you shouldn't we have it all the more but we didn't use this authority on the contrary we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ except he's hindering the gospel of Christ because now they're susceptible to the super apostles And then he says, don't you know that those who serve in the temple, he's now given another illustration, get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar, share what is offered on the altar. In the same way, and now he's going to quote Jesus. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. And by the way, that's from Matthew 10.10. This is where Jesus said that. When he sent out the 70, he told them, go and they'll take care of you. All right, then, but I have not used, but I have not used any of this authority. Didn't the law tell him to do it? Doesn't good common sense tell him to do it? Doesn't the scriptures and Jesus himself tell him to do it? But yet he's smarter than God. And then he says this, I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of this what? Paul's pride cost him his authority as an apostle. It cost the Macedonian churches money they should have been able to use elsewhere. It cost the Corinthian church their proper view of the gospel by having an authority that spoke the truth to them. Instead, they were open to deception because they weren't busy taking care of what they should have been. And you thought your dumb decisions only hurt you. Guys, what more do you need? We've even got a... Com- We've got Scripture. We've got an explanation on why Scripture says what it says. We've got a command of Jesus. What more do you need? Well, I guarantee you, Paul, saying, I'll let no one deprive me of this boast, still thinks he's right, like this guy thinks he can sing.
0: I'll let the sun go.
1: he walked off and I bet he said they don't know anything those judges they were so cruel because I'm the best singer and they don't even know it and I guarantee you that's what he said in his head <laughs> because your wrong decisions are destroying your future and you think I know there are some of you sitting there saying, he's only saying this cuz he's trying to get money out of our pocket so we'll support the church in him and he can make more money man are your wrong thoughts destroying your future this isn't about money this is about the fact that you make defenses for your idiocy, and you continue to defend it to your death, to your destruction and the destruction of those around you. Listen, I could establish scripturally what Paul said, but this church is already paying my bills, so I don't need to do that. What I'm telling you is I want you to learn the lesson from Paul that what you're defending is destroying you and stop it. Amen. All right couple of things maybe you were taught it by your parents I know several groups in our church are working through uh, emotionally healthy spirituality the book by Peter Scazzaro it is a great book but I remember reading it and I got punched in the face with this one phrase Family of origin now. I love my mom and dad. They're some of the finest people ever walked on the face of this earth But I'm going to tell you they did some really really dumb things And they taught me how to deal with problems in some ways that were really really dumb And you know what I grew up as an adult and I had their mentalities at some point. I had to say "Uh uh-uh No, I'm not going to think like mom and dad anymore It's not No I'm going to be an adult and make my own decisions about my life, and you know what? I don't care if your parents taught it to you. If it's dumb, reject it. Maybe it was a teacher or an authority figure. You know, I heard some fifth grade boys talking about this teacher in North Ridgeville, telling them how it's better to be gay than to be straight, and I, you know, I, I listened to this stuff on uh, social media, and I'm like, these people are, they're, they're depriving a village somewhere of its idiot. Am I allowed to say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is I listen to these things, but I don't care what teacher or authority taught you that. If they taught you something that's wrong and you know from the scriptures and you know from truth and you know from the word of Jesus Christ it's wrong, I don't care what your pastor when you were a kid taught you. Stop it! That's good. That's good. Maybe you learned it. I don't care if your pastor now taught you something wrong. If it's wrong and you know it's wrong and you got scripture to back it up, then do the right thing. I don't care what I say. Maybe you learned it by a temporary win. I was in the eighth grade and this dude was bullying me. And he'd walk past and in those days bullying in my neighborhood happened with fists, not with words. Well, words too. But he had been walking past several days, sucker punching me. He was a little older than I was, a little bigger than I was. And he was just always punching me and cussing at me and telling me he was going to kick my, well, one day I'm in math class. And we're sitting there and he says, after class, I'm going to kick your beep. And something in me popped. And I got up on my feet and said don't wait try it now. I went over the chairs. I'm swinging. I'm throwing they You know what happened? He backed off Everybody that heard him say it said yeah, he was picking on him and you know I don't know it was back in the 80s. That was allowed you know And you know what I learned that day. Do you know what I learned? Tell you what I learned When I get mad and blow up people do what I want them to do that's a bad lesson. And you know what? You might have learned some lessons like that and you're still using that garbage. Maybe you learned it by experience or a temporary win. Maybe it's something you just plain like. Like food or porn. Alcohol or binge-watching Netflix. I don't know. Maybe it's something you just like. And every time somebody tells you you're being dumb, you're like, no, it's all right. Maybe one final one. Maybe it's your self-doubt. Maybe God believes in you more than you believe in you. And every time you go to do something strong or powerful or something that's good, you hear words, if you're a loser, you'll never make it. You can't. And you choose to listen to that because it gives you the comfort to fail rather than taking the treasure of trying. But whatever it is, your wrong thinking is harming your future. And you know what I want you to do today? I want you to drop the wrong thinking and step into truth. There's a there's this great story. It's about fleas in a jar. What they did is they took these fleas, scientists put the fleas in the jar, and they put, you know, the fleas easily jump out of the jar. They have, they can jump six feet, they can jump out of a little jar. But then they did something, they put a glass lid over the top of the jar, and the fleas kept jumping up and hitting their little heads on the glass lid, and the fleas started jumping just right under the lid. So you know what they did? They took the glass lid off the jar, and you know what the fleas did? They continued jumping. Even though he had the ability to easily jump out of the jar, they kept jumping just right under where the lid was before because they had trained themselves with wrong thinking and behaviors and stupid thoughts and defenses. And what I want to say to you today is this. Y'all ready for this? Jesus took the lid off your jar. Amen. If you choose to continue thinking in a way that limits your future it's not God's fault it's yours so what you need to do is this y'all ready for this make Jesus the boss of your thoughts come on Jesus is Lord isn't that the confession let's make him the boss of our thoughts and there's a prayer I'm gonna have you pray in just a second but you're basically gonna say okay God you be my boss You do my thinking for me and I'll submit to your way. And there are those of you as I've been telling you about your harmful thinking, your wrong thinking, you've been thinking about things you think wrong about. Your view of yourself, some of you, come on. We're living together and it's all right. Yeah, every single statistic, both secular and Christian, tell you that living together outside of marriage means that your marriage has like three times the chance of ending in divorce. You are not smart for doing that, but yet somehow you think it's okay. There's some of you, you look at yourself in the mirror and all you see is a loser. And God says, you're not. It's time for you to change your thinking. It's time for you to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have made, been made by God on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And I need to fulfill that purpose rather than quit continuing to doubt myself. Are y'all following me? What you gonna do? You gonna lay it down or you gonna keep doing it? Would you stand to your feet with me around this room? I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer, and if this is your prayer, and you mean it, I want you to join me, and then what's gonna happen is we have prayer teams up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, prayer teams are available. If you, um, you wanna pray by yourself, come here. We're not gonna interrupt you. Just come and kneel down here. This is a place you can pray. Maybe you wanna pray at your seat, but we're gonna take a couple of minutes, and we're going to commit this truth we've heard today. We're going to take it in and we're going to say, okay, here's a prayer. Pray with me. Everybody pray. Nobody prays alone here. Jesus, be the boss of me. Change my thinking. Remove my pride. Help me embrace the truth. I want to follow your way. Amen. Amen. If you want somebody to pray with you, come on up. Spend a couple of moments here letting this truth sink in.